A few years back, I took a boat tour of New York Harbor. I watched as a young boy, about five maybe, tug on his mother's arm, point off the side of the boat and say, Look, Mommy, it's the green lady. We know her better as the Statue of Liberty. But no matter what color she is, she stands majestically in the harbor with a torch in her hand. The purpose of a torch is to allow people to see where they are going. With that in mind, her torch is raised to the sky in order that many will see that light and find their way. It allows more people to find their way to freedom. And all who see her know that she stands there for liberty. Liberty for you and for me. I'm so proud to be called an American, to be named with the brave and the free. I will honor our flag and our trust in
Thank you, Susan. Great job. If you have your Bible, if you turn with me to Mark 1, we're going to begin at verse 4. The title of my message today is, Won't You Have a Little Talk with Jesus? Amen. That's what uh, our goal for the day is. Well, let's look at God's Word. John the Baptist came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Well, it's very clear uh, as we read the text. You know, the text says that all the people went out to hear him preach in the cities that were adjoining the desert. So it was a great crowd that went out there. He was a great preacher, obviously, and the people wanted to hear him. They felt like he was in touch with God. Well, he not only had folks coming out to hear him preach, but we don't know how many, hundreds, thousands of people were baptized. It says he baptized all of them. Uh, So there were a lot of folks that were baptized. There's a great difference between just listening to a man talk and doing what the man wants you to do. And that's what they did. They were baptized by John the Baptist. They came out of the crowd and took a meaningful stand for the Lord. John thought every person was very, very important. And he treated them that way as he preached to them and as he baptized them. Field goal kickers aren't very important most of the game, as you know. Uh, I'd say 97% of the time, they're just sitting over there, and uh, they're not doing anything. Uh, They never help on the defensive line. They never catch a pass or throw a pass. Well, they might in some weird play that they do once every 10 years, Um, but uh, they don't help with the offensive line. They just don't help at all, really. But finally, when the field goal kicker comes out of the crowd and does his thing, he is very important. This morning, as people were leaving the early service, a number of them said to me, we lost by one point because the guy missed the kick. The kicks are very, very important, and we know that. Well, what they do makes all the difference in the football game. It's crucial in life that we don't hide in the crowd somewhere, but that we will come out of the crowd and take a stand, do our thing for the Lord Jesus. We want to take a strong stand for him. You know, some people take a stand for the Lord almost apologetically. We want to do it with force, with vigor. We want to do it in a meaningful way for as many as we possibly can. There was a fellow named uh, Reverend Joe Wright 
who was asked to give the opening prayer at the new session of the Kansas Senate. They asked him to do the prayer, and everybody was expecting kind of the general uh, stuff that preachers say at those kind of things, just the usual generalities. But that isn't what they got that day. That was a different day. The Reverend Joe Wright said, Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask our forgiveness, to seek your direction and guidance for our lives. We know the Bible says, Woe to those who call evil good, but that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We confess that we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word. And we call it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and call it an alternate lifestyle. We have exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have rewarded laziness and called it Welfare. Got a little help there. We have killed our unborn and we call it choice. We have shot abortionists and call it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and we call it building self-esteem. We have abused power and call it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and call it ambition. We have polluted the airways with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. Guide and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us to the center of your will and to openly ask these things in the name of your Son, our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now that was some prayer. I mean that was some prayer. It's interesting to note that the response was immediate number of the people that were coming for the first day of uh, the seating of the Senate, they got up and walked out. They didn't like that. They didn't want to be there for that. So they got up and walked out. Joe Wright didn't stop. He went right ahead. He said what he felt like God wanted him to say, and he didn't hesitate whatsoever. Well, in six short weeks, Central Christian Church, where Reverend Wright was the pastor, They received more than 5,000 phone calls, people wanting a copy of his prayer. The church received for months international requests for copies of the prayer from India, Korea, Africa, all over the world. Commentator Paul Harvey, do you remember Paul Harvey? I loved him. I thought he was great. 
commentator Paul Harvey aired this prayer on his radio show, The Rest of the Story. You remember that? He received a larger response to that program when he read that prayer than any other program in all of his career he had put out on the airwaves. When people like John the Baptist and Reverend Joe Wright have the courage to take a stand for the Lord, to come out of the crowd, it makes a huge, huge difference. Why do you suppose John the Baptist had such an impact on the people that came out to hear him preach? Well, it must have been because they saw the way he lived. How he lived and what he said went together. Now, you know, that's not always the way it is. Uh, He had a wonderful ministry for many years, led a lot of people to Christ. A lot of people uh, don't want to give honor to anything that has to do with Jesus. But that doesn't mean that we've got to stop. We ought to go ahead. We ought to say what the Lord is leading us to say, no matter where it is. The Jimmy Swaggerts of the world really hurt the ministry of the church. Remember a few years ago, I don't know exactly how many years ago it was, but there was a guy over in Lakeland. You might have seen that uh, in the news. He was healing people and doing this and doing that and It was front page in the newspaper, the Tampa paper, the Lakeland paper, all the papers. And and people from all over the country were coming to this thing in Lakeland. Well, this guy said he was doing all kinds of things under the direction of the Lord. And then one night, he left. He just left. Do you remember this? Do y'all remember this? And he was arrested and put in jail. Well, think how that affected all the people that had come under uh, his preaching and through the events uh, that he had led all those folks in. John the Baptist was one of the most unique figures to step out of the pages of history. A unique man from a unique place, the desert. A unique man that spoke a unique word about our Lord. And he did it with great power and conviction. The clothing of John the Baptist certainly would not have drawn many pulpit committees. He wore a garment of woven camel's hair and a leather belt. When Cindy and I were over in Israel, she rode a camel. And it smelled terrible. And uh, I thought, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that. I had read and heard that uh, camels will spit on you. Well, I didn't want them spitting on me, so I didn't do it. Probably, he smelled terrible. I mean, can you imagine that? He had a a garment made of camel's hair. Camels never took baths. And he didn't either, because he was out in the desert. You know, it really breaks my train of thought when somebody smells real bad. I don't know if that bothers you or not, but it kind of throws me off. Uh, It's uh, it's not good. I want to be more like Jesus in that area. 
because I know I need to be. Clothes don't make the man. You know, we've been hearing that all of our life. Clothes make the man. Well, it wasn't clothes, but it was courage and faith that made John the Baptist the man. He was the leader. He was the one that spoke up, spoke out, and wasn't bashful at all. And the Lord used him in a mighty way. When you looked at this man, you were reminded of the prophets of old. Elijah, for instance. As you considered John the Baptist, you realized he was talking about the same righteousness that Elijah had spoken about. Same one. John lived a righteous life. He was consistent in what he did, in his walk, in his talk, and his attitude. He was consistent. If he had lived today, he would have been a faithful person in worship and in Bible study. He would have been faithful every week. He would have been a tither. He would have been a supporter of what the church was trying to do. Consistency is so important. Jesus said of John the Baptist, there is no finer man born of woman than John the Baptist. Now, have you ever thought what the implications of that might be? Every time I use this text, I always talk about what that really means, what John said, what Jesus said about John. No finer man born of woman. Well, who does that include? It includes Moses and Abraham and all the prophets. I mean, that's powerful. That is powerful. He was a single guy. You know, we're trying uh, hard to get all of our single folks together. They're going to meet right outside that door or maybe down in the cafeteria, down in the uh, fellowship hall right after church today. You ought, to, you ought to come, go eat lunch with them, get to know them, all the single adults. We want to make a place, special place for you in our church family. Well, notice this was John the Baptist, not John the Methodist, John the Baptist. (laughs) You want to remember that. I was at a church leader's home when I was a boy, and he hit his finger with a hammer, and he said some not nice words. He was a leader in our church. In fact, he was one of the main leaders in our church, and I was an impressionable uh, teenager, and it didn't help me at all to hear all that. And I thought, uh, you know, that's not good. That is not good. Well, John was consistent in what he did and what he said, in his outlook and his attitude. He was consistent in all that he was about. And that's why God used him in such a powerful, powerful way. John was a man that lived in the wilderness. Between Judea and the Dead Sea, there was, and I imagine still is, a terrible, one of the most horrible deserts in the world. And, of course, there's no water there. Uh, Hot as everything there. Limestone desert. You know, the sun beats down on that limestone, and it just makes it so unbelievably hot. 
We've heard stories of our soldiers that we're honoring today. They've had to be in that uh, desert. And, you know, with all your backpack and all that stuff, moving around on that desert where it gets up to 130 degrees, you know, that's tough. That is really tough to do. But that's what they had to do. Well, it was a really hot place. Let me just sum it up that way. John was no city dweller. He lived in the desert. He lived out there. But I don't think it was important really where he lived. What was important is that wherever he lived, he listened for the voice of the Lord. That was the key thing, the voice of the Lord. He waited on that, to hear that. Where we live is not all that important. You know, if, uh, if there is discontent in your life, there'll be discontent everywhere. You know, some people think they're going to move and everything will be much better. Usually, we kind of take our, our troubles with us. Well, trying to hear the voice of God is where we want to be, wherever that might be. If it's in a desert, if it's on the mountaintop, if it's in the metropolitan area, if it's in the country, wherever it is, that's where we want to be, where God can break through and speak to our hearts and minds. Wherever you are, that is the key. You don't have to be on a lonely desert floor to hear God. You have to want to hear wherever you are. John the Baptist wanted to hear from God, and guess what? He did. He did hear from God. And then he obeyed what God said. There's a lot of noise in our world today, just a lot. Uh, Last night, Cindy and I were trying to sleep, and they're on our block somehow or another. There were some people late into the night that were making a lot of noise. And, of course, it's hard to go to sleep when something like that is going on close to you. You know, it's sometimes very, very hard to hear the still, small voice, the Lord speaking to your heart. John had an unusual diet for us, locusts and wild honey. Would you eat a locust? I saw some nose uh, out there. John's diet was as plain as you could be. As plain as you could get. Locusts, wild honey. But John was not a plain man. He had a message from Almighty God. The message was not one that he just proclaimed. It was one that he lived day by day by day. Wouldn't you have listened to a man named John the Baptist if he was doing all those things that he was doing in the Scripture? When John summoned men to repentance... He was confronting them with a choice and a challenge and a decision that they ought to make in their heart and their life. And the scripture says that many, many, many people responded to his ministry. All of us here this morning know what God wants us to do. He wants us to follow his word and to enjoy his blessings forever. That's what he wants for you, the great abundant life that he has to bring to you. He wants you to get that today and for the rest of your days here on earth and then for an eternity in glory. He wants you to get all of those blessings forever. We all know that God wants us to be righteous and true. There's no doubt about that. He wants us to have the courage and faith like John the Baptist had. 
If we are not members of a church, the Lord would want us to join a church, to be a part of the family of God, to join and to serve. We have the structure. We always, of course, need people to fill out, flesh out the structure. In this high-tech world, we need for you, for me, for all of us, to be the hand of Jesus that reaches out and touches people. You know, today there are so many people that work at a computer all day, all day long at the computer. They, don't, they have high-tech, but they don't have high-touch. We need to be touching some people. You know, there are some people that go and get their hair cut every four or five days because they want somebody to touch them. Did you know that? That's true. It's, it's amazing. People want to be touched. That's very, very important. We recognize at once a basketball player that has real skill. You can tell how he dribbles, how he passes, how he rebounds, how he shoots, how he plays defense. You can tell in one minute if he really knows what he's doing. We recognize a speaker if he knows his subject. We recognize that right away. John had come from God, and to hear him, to see him, was to know it. We ought to readily realize that this is the day that Christ would want us to get our lives in order, just like John the Baptist preached to all those folks that came out of the cities. We don't know what's going to happen next. You know, the tariff talks with China that are going on. Some people say that's going to ruin our economy. Other people say that's going to be the best thing for our economy that ever was. We don't know, really, if the socialists are going to turn our country into the next Venezuela where we'll be eating out of each other's garbage cans. We don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know if our health care is going to be adequate in our senior adult years. Should we worry about that every day, all day? Or should we say to ourselves every day, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Should we focus on that or all of the worries and troubles that are all around us? What can we count on? There's lots of things we can't count on, I can tell you that. But there is something that we can count on. The king is coming. He's coming. He's coming for us. He's going to take us home. We don't know when it's going to happen. I've been waiting a long time. It hadn't happened. But we have promise in his word that it's going to happen. All these other promises have come true. So that one's going to, too. Jesus wants us to be in close contact with him today. Another main reason that John's message was so effective was that he pointed people to something and someone beyond himself. A lot of people in our society are pointing people to themselves. John knew that he was not perfect. He knew he wasn't the son of God. But he pointed people to Jesus. When John first saw Jesus, when he first saw him, first time, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's what he said when he saw him the very first time. When you have trouble making a long-distance phone call, sometimes the operator will come on to help you. Sometimes there is a delay, and the operator says, I'm trying to connect you. When the connection is finally made, 
the operator fades out and leaves you in contact with the person with whom you're trying to talk. I'm trying to make sure that everybody here in the house today is connected. You know, that's, that's why we do all this. We want everybody that's here to believe in Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, if that hadn't happened, then you haven't taken the first step. That's the first step, to trust and believe in Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Well, he's the one that takes away the sin of the world. He's the only one that can. With one this morning, with him this morning, if you are outside of the bounds of his love and his grace, if it's just one of you, don't be bashful today. What I'm talking about is perhaps we need to have a little talk with Jesus today. I'm going to be down here at the front waiting on you to come. If there's just one that would want to do that today, or if there's many, we would want to receive you and talk with you and help you to become a part of the family of God. I'm going to stand down here. We're going to stand and sing. If the Lord leads, you just step out. Let's stand together. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow me. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I Well, amen. Would you be seated, please? While they're filling out this sheet, let me mention to you, this uh, Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock at Denny's, all of our men are welcome to come. We want you to come. It's a time of fellowship together. We hope that you'll come and eat with us and talk with us. We usually have a devotional. We have a time of fellowship. We pray together and we eat. (laughs) And folks that come have a good time. We want you to come. And meet with us. Okay. Fred and Lois Fears are coming today. They've been they've been visiting with us for how long? Six months? Five months. He says five months. All right. All right. Well, we're so glad that you're coming today to become a part of our family. Would you all stand with me up here for just a second? Amen. 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 
We're going to stand at the door together, and as you're going out, give them the right hand of Christian fellowship. Brother, lead us. Let's stand, please. Oh.